0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hello, my friends and fellow travelers. What's going on? Today is Saturday. It's the 15th of October, 2022. I hope everybody's getting ready for Halloween, going to get some fun trick or treating going on, or maybe getting to wear some fun costumes. Anyway, let's go ahead and get our contact info posted and then we'll jump in the show. So if you would like to contact me, so let's say you wanted to send an email and I'll read it out for you on the show, or if you want to record your own audio and I'll play it for you, the place to send that is firearmscafe at protonmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at proton, T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And uh, don't have to worry about length or any type of stuff like that. Also, it doesn't have to be on the last show. It can be pretty much on anything that you like. If you think maybe I kind of missed the mark on something, didn't get something 100% right, or if you think that there's some interesting things that are going on out there, or if you just want to drop a quick note and says hello. I appreciate it. I love getting feedback. And uh, it, it's a, a form of support for me for the show. It, it gives, like I said, it gives me a real big kick to get that stuff. Speaking of support for the show, if you did want to support the show financially, there is a PayPal donation button that is over at the website, which is firearmscafe.com. If you wanted to support the show, but financially it wasn't in the cards for you, you could always share the links to the uh, episodes or to the website on any of your social media platforms. Or like I said before, go ahead and send something in for the show speaking of getting some feedback we do have a couple of bits of feedback we have an audio file that we got from brad and so i will go ahead and insert that now hey tony uh
1: this is brad i am a listener from long long ago with the gun rights radio days, uh, I was listening to your last Firearms Cafe and heard Mystery Man reach out, and I'm like, "Yes, that is exactly pretty much the same situation with me." I I was uh, a listener way back when you first started, and also checked out the Gun Dudes. Um, I remember them talking about. I think one of them was a UPS driver, and really enjoyed their show. I remember checking out Eric's show. There was also. A was eric i don't remember if eric or if it was another gentleman that was a um he was in the military and i think he used to do podcasts even when he was stationed stationed in japan i think uh for a while too and stuff i'm not sure what his name was but getting too old now i'm telling you just getting way too old tony i i i used to be young when i when i first started listening to your podcast but through life changes and job changes and family changes. Uh, I strayed away from the whole podcast scene, but a few months ago I came back and yours was one of the first that I checked out. and I was really glad to see you were still putting out podcasts. I also do check into your uh, YouTube channel as well. So we're out there listening. Uh, Thank you for everything you continue to do and provide encouragement and information to firearms community but uh i just wanted to reach out and say hi i don't want to ramble but really do appreciate it it's been too long i should have reached out a while ago i apologize for that but uh i'm gonna make up for it hopefully in the next (laughs) in the next few months i'll reach out more often buddy hey take care of yourself hope you and your family are doing well and um and i'll check in with you again
0: well, hey, Brad, thanks for sending that in. I greatly appreciate it. It always gives me a huge boost to hear somebody who's uh, been around for a long time. And I know people kind of go in and out of podcasts and they go in and out of shows. And it's not necessarily that they don't like the person that they've listened to or something like that. Or they. But, uh, you know, sometimes, especially when this, you know, this show has been around since, what, 2008? So it's been around a long time. And you know you're going to have people that are kind of come and go. The good thing is with podcasts is, of course, even if you go away for a while, you can. The majority of most podcasts out there, all the episodes are are usually available to listen to. So again, I appreciate the well wishes, and uh, I'm glad to have you back. Eric was in the military. He was, I believe, in the Air Force, and but he was never stationed in Japan. And I think who you're maybe thinking about, uh, was Daniel Shaw. And at the time he was still in the Marine Corps. And I think they, if I remember correctly, he, uh, went over to Japan or he had talked about that he was going to be stationed there. And, and I think he did a few shows from there. I think it, it, again, it's been so long since that is up. And I think Dan, Daniel still has, uh, episodes from, from, uh, from his show are still up and out there. I don't think that it, those got like taken down or he, or he you know, isn't hosting that stuff anymore. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, again, thanks for the kind words and uh, thanks for sticking with me. I appreciate it. We do have one other bit of feedback and that is from Jim. And Jim wrote an email, so I'll read that out for him. Hi, Tony, just dropping you a quick note to say thanks for the podcast. I never miss it been listening for a long time, and I'm glad you're putting out more frequent episodes lately. I appreciate all the updates on legislation regarding our Second Amendment rights. I would enjoy hearing your take on what you would keep in your vehicle on short trips. I have a long commute, and unfortunately, I have to travel through some questionable urban areas, one to two hours each way. Thanks. And that again is from Jim. So, Jim, again, like I said to Brad, thanks for sending that stuff in. I appreciate you sticking around. And, uh, you know, on the, the, the car carry thing is an interesting oh subject, I guess, to maybe talk about in that some people, if you say, oh, I have a gun in my car or I keep it in my car, they kind of flip their lid because they're like, oh, you know, your car is not a gun safe. It's not, you know, this, that, and the other. If you stick it in the glove box or something like that it's still not secure and I would say that I would probably agree with that to a certain extent however I carry a a firearm in my vehicle all the time and it kind of lives in there but what I did in my truck I have a a model that has the the center console and I went to a company called I, I think it was called Locker Down L-O-C-K-E-R-D-O-W-N, if you, if you spelled it out. I think they're still in business. There are some other companies that are similar. Anyway, what it does is you take out the insert that's in your center, center console, excuse me, and you replace it with a, basically it's like a small level safe. It's all steel, it's all welded, and it bolts down into uh, the truck or your car or however you were going to do it it bolts down there so it's not just that that something can let's say if you had one of the oh one of the gun vaults or something like that and you just had that in your car and maybe it was secured with kind of you know a steel wire or something like that well somebody could come with bolt cutters if they went in there and, and could remove them that way it's not that this couldn't be taken out. If somebody stole the truck and they wanted to get into it, they could do it with a welding torch. I mean, it it would be the same thing if somebody came into your house and they thought you had a bunch of guns or they thought you had a bunch of stuff. They could come and get into your house and if they had a a welding torch, they could cut through the steel. Your gun safe had to be welded up. so, So if it can be welded, it can be cut through. The question is, are most... Thieves gonna have that level of tools and stuff on them, and the answer is probably not. So if somebody's kind of is coming to break into your home, even if they think oh this guy has guns or maybe has money, they're gonna hope that you've got something maybe in your nightstand drawer and not in a safe that's secure somewhere. Uh, Because again, most of them you know maybe they have a small pair of bolt cutters or they. Have something like that. But in in my experience, in the years that I was a probation officer, when we would, these kids would go in and and break into homes, and these, and, uh, you know, a lot of times, like I, if you guys remember, I used to work in juvenile. So I did everybody that was under 18 years on town. But you still, you interact with their families and stuff, and some of them are multi generational you know, either gang or criminal affiliated or related or that type of thing. So anyway, a lot of times the way that these the burglary crews worked is they would have three, maybe four, maybe one guy stays out and then the other three kind of go in and they kind of ransack the place. Sometimes they don't, They if, if they're good, that's what they'll do. If they're not, sometimes it's usually three or four of them and they just go in and they, even if they think you've got valuables or guns or something like that that they could get they're hoping that it's it's not secured that it's just sort of left out in the open or like i said in like a a dresser drawer or something like that but anyway long way around to getting to i think things like those car safes and especially if you've got that thing bolted to your vehicle the average thief isn't going to have the wherewithal to break into those with those gun vaults they're they're usually um, like a press code or you can have what do they call it like that bio reader where it will read your your thumbprint Uh, although those can be fooled i guess i'm not exactly sure how but in theory they can be or some of them will have just a like a tumbler lock with the different uh so the one that i've got if you go on to the locker down website and i'm like i said i'm pretty sure that they're still around there may be a little bit of an abrupt break here but i had a a bit of an interruption so i think we were talking about the the safes i did go and check uh since i had a little bit of an interruption there but anyway i went and checked and locker down is still out there they don't make uh, console safes for every single vehicle out there. So I think if you had like a, maybe a Toyota Camry or something like that, they may not make something for you. Let's say if you had, I just pulled something up. Let's say if you had uh, anything from a 2020 10 to a 2022 Toyota 4Runner that has the bucket seats with the console in the middle, they make a little safe that will go in there. And then it has a, I don't even, what would you call it? Like a, like a tumbler style, where it's it's sort of like the old, almost like the old bicycle locks, where you you sort of move the little tumbler, the little numbers, and then you can you can put in whatever code you want, whatever. And they have they used to have ones when I when I was first looking at them. There was like a three digit, and then there was a four digit. And I opted with the four digit just because it makes it harder, uh, but if you'll go on their website and look, you'll be able to sort of see, it would be very hard to get in there and pry the the lid out. It would be extremely, it would take them a long time. It's not that it couldn't be done, but it would probably take them too much time to do that. So they're gonna move on to the next thing. What's nice about having something like that, and again, Jim, I don't know what you're driving, if you're driving a truck or if you're driving a car, With some of this stuff, I think they also make a thing for a laptop. They make a thing for, I I know they'd make long gun storage. So let's say if you wanted just to have something in, if you've got a car as opposed to a truck or an SUV, usually the SUVs and the trucks will have some type of a center console. Sometimes in the cars, we used to have an old uh, 2005 Lexus and it had a very small center console in there but it was so small that you would it would be hard pressed to be able to get something like these car safes for that. Uh, you could probably maybe find somebody that could weld something up for you if you had something small or if you could maybe do something in your in your glove box where but I don't know how you would mount it to where somebody couldn't rip it out but you could you may be able to do something where you could mount it up to the maybe through the through where your where your glove box is going through and going into your firewall and put it in that way and then you have the the, you use like carriage bolts that comes through so that you have to open it up to gain access to the nuts to remove it so you could probably rig something like that up, I would think it wouldn't be too difficult, especially on you know, a little bit older model cars. I don't know. But if I, I guess I would give you kind of two different answers. If I had some type of a console, that's what I would do, especially if once you get to work, there's just no way you can bring it in with you. If that were the case, but you, you still didn't want to leave it in the car, what I might do is and i don't know it would just depend on wh- where your work is i was going to say if you if you wanted to bring it in like in a briefcase or something like that maybe you could again that's the decision you're going to have to make or if you wanted to disassemble the gun let's say if it was you know you you've got a handgun that you want to take in with you i'm not a big fan of always having to monkey with your gun because then that's when no matter how careful you you are sometimes you can leave yourself open to an accidental discharge that you don't want to have happen. Uh, I'm a big fan of if you're going to have something that kind of lives in the car with you or, or maybe you take it in and out of the vehicle, I would want to have some type of a safe. In a car, what I would probably do, if I, you probably, some of the ideas I have, you wouldn't have immediate access with it, but you would have, you would still be able to get to it. And that would be, I might try and do you know most handguns aren't super super wide they're at what inch and a half or so maybe at their widest points i'm getting off in the weeds here a little bit but let's say if you had something relatively small like one of the smaller glock so even something let's say like a glock 26 or what is it the 42s and the 43s or some of the the smith and wesson bodyguard or was it the the SIG 365? Those are all relatively small, but even if you said, okay, the biggest one I'm going to use is going to be a Glock 26 width wise, it's under an inch. I don't know what the exact dimensions are, but if, if you, especially if you've got a relatively small handgun, you could probably have something that would go under your seat that you could lock it to or if you had some type of a again you're going to want to be able to maybe bolt it down uh, under the passenger seat or under your seat to where you could somehow get it and have some access to it if it's just a thing where you've got it maybe in the car with you and while you're traveling it's out or it's on you and then when you're getting to work then you're putting it in and locking it away. So you're not necessarily going to have to worry about quick access. And of course it depends on where you live and what the laws are and all that other kind of nonsense too. But that's, I think what I would do, I would go with a route to where I would want to be able to have it as secure as I could make it. I wouldn't want to just leave it in the glove box or in the center console or, you know, hidden under some papers or something like that, to where if somebody did kind of bust into your car or your vehicle, and they're just going to try and rifle through and get what they can get, then move on. Uh, again, those gun safes are going to probably buy you time uh, to where, or it's going to make it difficult to them for them enough that they're going to move on to the next thing just because they're probably not going to have maybe one, the know-how to, to defeat those locks. All those locks can be defeated. All those things can't. Those gun vaults, you know, they, they have your, like you can do that biometric. I think that's what I was looking for earlier. Or you can do the code where you punch in with your fingers, or it has a key. And if you were worried about that key being defeated, you could probably do something where you could rig up a... Because I was thinking about this the other day. I've got one of those gun vaults. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. I found it at a... Was it a a Goodwill or something like that? And it worked. Everything, no problems. And I'm sure somebody's grandpa or something like that, or dad or something had it. And they were like, well, we don't have any guns. And so we don't have a use for it. And so they, so I think I got it for like 10 bucks and they're, I don't know what they cost anymore. But at the time, I think the particular model that I was able to score was about a hundred and something. It was, I know it was between 90 and a hundred dollars or something like that. I think anyway, who knows what they cost nowadays for the model that I had. But one of the things is it had like you know how in like a soda machine or something or a vending machine, they have that, you have to have that special key to get in. They have a key like that. If you were sort of worried about somebody getting access to it or somebody that knows how to defeat that, I suppose you could cover it up or you could rig something up that would, that would make it extremely difficult to, to get that. Um, but anyway, like I said, I, I can ramble on about this kind of stuff for a long time short answer or, or i guess uh long answer would be uh, if you can get some type of a some type of a, a, a safe or a gun vault that is that will work in your car that you can secure and if you're if you're in a car instead of like a, that doesn't have a center console you have something that you can go in the trunk so you've got the lock of the trunk and you'd have the lock of the safe and you can you can put the gun in there and then when you're driving to and fro, if you're okay, if it's legal for you to do it, so you wouldn't get in trouble for having it, you could have the gun on you. The only other thing I would recommend if you don't have it would be a way to, if you had to leave the vehicle and you're going to carry it concealed. For whatever reason, let's say you didn't have, you would, the gun just sort of lives in the vehicle and you were in your gym shorts or something and you're like, oh nuts, it broke down and I don't want to leave it. One thing that I think is really great and I highly recommend is the filster Enigma. And it is a thing to where even if you're in your gym shorts and a t-shirt, it doesn't attach to the belt line. It has its own it's its own sort of oh, complete holster system I guess to where you can be you, you can wear gym shorts or sweatpants or you can, you know, have your skirt or whatever, male, female doesn't matter you can get that set up to where you can carry it and it goes very tight especially if you're if you're using the you have to use kind of the wedge and oh what's that other thing called the wing to where it rotates it back and then kind of pushes it up so it pushes the butt of the gun if you're carrying let's say right hand side appendix so the butt of the gun is sticking out to your right hand side it pushes the butt like into your body and then the wedge pushes what we would call like the I guess the back of the slide. So if when you're looking down, it pushes that towards your body. So it, it actually, it, it uh, even if you've got a relatively tight shirt on, it pushes it into the body so much that most people will never be able to see it. But I would recommend, again, that you have something that's stored in the vehicle. wouldn't have to necessarily go in the safe, but have a, a, a holster that you could put you know, on your person and then take off with the gun if you needed to. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed all that rambling. All right, let's, so again, thanks you guys for sending that stuff in. I appreciate it. So let's jump on to the next thing. And the, the one thing I was thinking about the other day, and I know we talk about the ATF a lot, and if, maybe if somebody was, they always say this episode could be somebody's first episode, that type of thing. And so they may say, if they're like, Oh, I just started listening last time or, or, you know, why are you so against the ATF? Why do you, you know, why are you talking about that stuff all the time? And could you put it in perspective maybe for somebody who's new or for somebody who doesn't really understand some of the things we're kind of fighting against? Because a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, when we're talking about short barrel rifles or we're talking about pistol braces, or we're talking about the uh, 80% lowers and what's a lower and what's a frame and all this other type of stuff. So one of the things, and, and I guess what we'll talk about today, and I'll try and, I was because I was thinking about this, if I was having to explain sort of the, the whole pistol brace thing and the short barrel rifle thing, and why we are so frustrated about it. And I was thinking of it kind of along these terms, and maybe this could help you guys explain it to some of your friends who aren't necessarily as deep into the gun world as we are. I was thinking, well, it would be like if you worked for a company and they said, oh, on Fridays, we have casual Fridays. And this has been this way for, you know, the last 10 years or so. There are some rules to what you can wear on a casual Friday. You don't have to wear a button-down shirt, but if you're going to participate in casual Friday, you can, because a button-down shirt is what we normally wear, and you can wear a polo shirt. But it has to be from Lion Brand, and it has to have their logo on the shirt and it just so happens their logo is a little iron-on thing and it's got a little lion and he's roaring also it uh, it if you want to do that it's going to cost you it's a one-time fee that you pay into like the union or whatever you pay to the business and it, it allows you the opportunity to participate in casual friday now you don't have to we're not making you do it so but if you want to that's kind of what you have to do and then a few years goes by and what happens is there's you know, certain people at the office said, well, okay, I'll do that. And it turns out that for, some, for a lot of people, they're like, well, I'd like to participate in Casual Friday, but I don't want to have to pay the extra money. And I don't want to have to get this particular brand because this brand of shirt, it's more expensive and there's other stuff out there. And I, you know, for the most part, I don't have to do Casual Friday. It's not that big a deal. And then a few years goes by and Gloria She's like, hey, I found Tiger brand polo shirts and they're the exact same thing, but they don't have any logo at all. Can I wear that? And they're like, no, you can't do it. So then a couple more weeks goes by and then she comes back and she said, hey, I found this company that sells these iron-on logos and they look exactly like the lion brand logo. Except the only thing is, is when the lion is roaring, and he's got his mouth open, the, the teeth are just a little bit shorter. And so they say, well, what we're going to do is we're going to, we'll, we'll talk to the management people and then we'll get back with you. So they come back and they say, well, yeah, you know, it, it's not exactly the same thing, but I, it, it's fine. You're not going to be fired. You won't be, you know, uh, and, and that's the thing too, is if you wear a, a non-Lion branded shirt, before they could say you could be possibly be fired or you could have to pay this big fine or something like that. And for this thought episode or uh, exercise, excuse me, we're just going to kind of go with some of this stuff. So then some people still say, Hmm, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to hold off and kind of see if they, if they change their mind on it because management is kind of notorious for changing their mind and, and redefining stuff. So they wait a little bit. And sure enough, they change their mind. They say, nope, you can't wear that. It has to only be Lion Brand. It can't be a different brand, even though it looks the same. A couple more months goes by, and then somebody else comes and say, well, you know, it's not really that big a thing. Nobody else kind of but us sees it. Why can't we do it? And so somebody who's now in charge of the dress code, and they're a little bit more lenient, they say, yeah, you know what? It isn't a big deal. This doesn't, you, you can you can wear the Tiger Brand. Sure, it has to have that logo. Just make sure that logo is on there. Oh, and there's this other stuff too. Even though we have numerous offices throughout the state, if you go to one of our other offices that's out of state and you're going to participate in Casual Friday, to be able to go to that office, even if you're just dropping stuff off, if you're gonna wear your Lion branded shirt You can do that, but you have to get permission from us before you go over to that new office that's out of state. However, if you're wearing your Tiger brand shirt that has your iron-on logo that's a little tiny bit different, you don't have to worry about getting permission. And you don't have to pay any extra money. You can just sort of wear it. You don't have to worry about all these other rules. And then they'll say, well, but our security team, they get to have lion branded shirts, but they don't have to pay anything because they're the security team. And then you're like, well, that's really not that fair. Why do they get it? Just because they have a little bit different job in the company. They get to have this stuff and I don't, or why do they get to wear the shirt? And you're providing the shirts for them. And you're taking some of the money out of my check to provide the shirts for these guys. And they they could just as well be wearing a tiger brand why do they get a lion they're like hey, hey hey, that's just the way it is that's the way it goes so it's you know it's similar with that again if you with the, with the pistol brace and again it's the whole thing of all this nonsense of this is designated as, as this and this is designated as that just because we say so it doesn't really have a lot of like logical legitimate reasons why they are able to do it. They just are able to do it because we say, and it would be sort of that same thing of saying, well, you know, Jerry and Steve are security. So Jerry and Steve, they get to wear whatever color polo shirt you guys have to stick with just blue, but they can wear green, yellow, anything like that. You can't wear a yellow one because people might think then you're security. And I'm like, well, nobody's going to think I'm security because on their shirts it says security written real big. So what does it matter if we wear the same color? And they're like, no, 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 no can't do it. So anyway, let me know uh, what you guys kind of think about that example. I think we are about at a good quitting point. So I will give you that contact info again, the email address to send either your own email, which I will read out for you on the show, or to send any type of recorded audio. And I'll play it for you. And again, it can be on anything. It can be on stuff from 13 years ago. It doesn't have to be stuff that we're talking about currently. I uh, I don't want to ramble on too much. I think one quick thing here. Oh, well I'll I'll give you that so it's uh firearmscafe at protonmail.com p r o t o n m a i l.com That's where you want to send that stuff. We did have I would have put out a show a little earlier this week, but we did have an internet outage that lasted for a, a few days and so that kind of put me behind on a bunch of stuff. So Anyway, it looks like we're back and up and running. And so hopefully today I will get this edited and out for you guys. So I think that is it. I look forward to hearing from you and I will talk to you guys next time.